0: Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use.
1: Podcast 38, you're getting ready for a bear hunt. Podcast 38, this is pre-bear hunt. Pre-bear hunt, you leave pre-bear. Sunday night. Yeah, I'm going to leave Sunday night late. Today? Today is Wednesday.
0: Yeah. So you leave Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you'll be gone for four days.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be off work four days. And mm-hmm. you'll be slinging arrows at bears. This is a rifle hunt. Oh, a rifle hunt. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they have a rifle hunt up there because it's early, the early season. It's so far up there that I'm assuming New York figures that the bears will start heading to to Den up early.
0: Well, you got more of a chance now with a rifle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: So let's touch. I want to touch a little bit on um, my last four days because I spent the last four days bow hunting Maryland public land. Yeah. Uh, I had some highs and uh, some lows, but I also want to talk about just public land in general. And before we, I, I start, I want to let everybody know that hunts public land. I'm not I'm not bashing you because it is public land, everybody can do what they do what they want. but I'm just going to state a few things of my opinions on some things that I've seen over the last four days. So I don't want to make anybody mad. This is literally just my observations and my opinions and what I wish maybe the states would change the lo- the rules a little bit. So we headed down uh, Thursday night. And we got a hotel and I always hunt Maryland opened her. First thing was, it was about 99 degrees. Oh my. It was, it was brutal deer hunting. Um, we hunted a uh, Saturday, uh, Friday morning was opening day. I went back into a bigger piece of the timber. Uh, it was kind of, it was right on the inside of a uh, inside corner, had a ditch that went through, had a lot of deer activity right there and the field. The corner was all, it was all corn and everything. So I get in there nice and early and uh, had a four pointer go by early in the morning. Then I saw a doe out in the distance. Well, about uh, eight o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting there and I hear something behind me. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's a deer. So I turn around real slow. Here comes this guy, right? (laughs) And it wasn't like you know, a normal situation where the guy maybe had was walking into a stand or maybe he was walking out. This guy had his compound bow and he was trying to stalk through the woods hmm. in open timber on leaves. It hasn't rained in a month. I heard him a mile away coming and he's walking. <sighs> and if you're watching the video, the guy obviously listeners can't see, but he's walking through the woods real slowly, I guess. Like Elmer
1: Fudd.
0: Yeah, literally like Elmer Fudd at 8 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. And like he's trying to stalk a deer on dry leaves. It hasn't rained in a month <laughs> at 8 o'clock in the morning. So I was, he he's like walking through the wood, like looking around like this. I was like, hey, bud. He's like, oh, oh. He's like, and he waved and he, and he went the other way. That, that was irritating. So I stayed to about 930. It was just, it was so hot. No wind, dry. We got out afternoon hunt. Uh, I set up on this, uh, this little hill side. Uh, it was all surrounded by beans. Uh, I had a ditch. It went through again and I was overlooking this swamp and I was trying to catch a trail where the deer were skirting the swamp swamp edge. So I got set up. Uh, it was so hot, man. It uh, heat index was over a hundred and, uh, We got set up and I'm sitting there about 30 minutes later. Here comes this guy walking, walking down the edge. I was like, all right, whatever. He's walking, walking to a stand to try to find a spot or something. So next thing you know, I hear, I hear kids, kids running (laughs)
1: like
0: uh, kids screaming and hollering. Right. I'm sitting, I'm sitting there. Here comes these kids and they're just running around the bean field. It's publicly, you know, you got hikers, you got hikers, you got, you know, you know, do what you want. I'm like, God, I was like, I'm just trying. Can't catch a break. Just let me bow on here for one day. (laughs) So I didn't see nothing that afternoon. Saturday morning rolls around, right? Uh, Where did I hunt Saturday morning? Uh, Okay, Saturday morning got set up and I saw a six pointer. no, No person. Uh, Saturday night. Um, I got set up and I had a buck, decent, decent buck. And he was actually bedded into the cattails. Mm-hmm. I watched him for about an hour. He gets up, moves about 10 yards, beds back down. And, uh, he, uh, just stayed, basically stayed there until dark. I, he just stayed there. So I got down and, uh, and then I, we left, can't hunt Sundays in Maryland. So, uh, I actually hunted Monday, uh, went down Monday morning, got set up again. And I had two guys walk (laughs) through the woods at seven 45 in the morning, just walking, randomly walking through the woods with, with a bow and two bows, you know, and just randomly walking through. I'm like, Okay. So then this guy I saw in the bean field and you're probably talking 40, 50 acre bean field. I mean, the fields are huge and he has a recurve bow and I could see him about a hundred yards away and he's walking through the beans, mm-hmm. bean field, I guess, trying to stalk, trying to stalk. I'm like, okay, this is wild. So hunted Monday night and, uh, I hunted, this another inside corner. I was in some pines overlooking some beans and, uh, had two guys again, two different guys walking, just randomly walking through the woods. Uh, I ended up seeing a doe came up downwind of me or whatever. Just, she just kept on going. And, uh, and then I saw a, a shooter buck in the distance, uh, that evening. Um, but that was, that was my hunt. um, For four days in 100 degree weather. My complaint. My complaint. About this is. It's not really. It's just. I'm just venting. But. It should be a a rule. Or a law. That. You are not allowed. To walk around. Like. You should have to walk to your tree stand. Pick a tree. Climb it sit and hunt. That's it.
1: <laughs> no stalking.
0: No stalking. Like <laughs> I understand stalking is allowed. You're allowed to do that. Now, but on public land, when you're, you, you know, you could take 20 people and out of that 20 people, you're going to have one person that wants to stalk. Well, that one person is going to ruin five to 10 people's hunt. It depending looks- on the size, you know what I mean? Depending on the size of the yeah. property. So to me, it shouldn't be, it's just, you know, it's just my opinion and not not that it'll ever change. I have no influence on it changing, but, um, it, it shouldn't, you're ruining, you're ruining everybody's hunt. Well, then, you know, the first person's response is, oh, well, you know, something might get up and you might push it to that person. Well, yeah, you could, but the chances of that happening are, are not good. And you're, you're just boogering the whole place up. You know, you're, you're pushing the deer around. You're spooking them. You know, the deer down there are, are on edge as it is because there's so many people. And to me, it, it just shouldn't be allowed. You should have to walk to your tree stand and climb your tree and be done. Sit there till dark or if you shoot something. But walking through the wide open timber at 8 o'clock in the morning, trying to stalk something in, on dry Crazy. leaves Crazy. Is, is, is wild.
1: I have never been successful with that i guess you could say i never tried. i really never tried but i mean i mean how many times have well like i will stalk to my tree stand when i'm going mm. in you know be aware of your surroundings just in case but like i've never not that i can remember i've ever yeah. walked up on something and got a shot with a bow well with I've, the done, door. I've done it with the gun
0: yeah, well, what these guys are doing is all these deer are bedded in the cattails. So what mm-hmm. they're doing is they're trying—they're trying to push out the cattails, yeah—and to try to jump something up. But dude, you—you you, <laughs> how many? You're not going to kill none. You're going to spook a deer, and it's going to run hundred mile an hour, and you're not going to be able to shoot it with a bow, unless you 100% sneak up on it, which you're not going to do because it—it's just—I don't know. Whatever. Like I said, people can do what they want, um, but just keep in mind you have one guy that wants to stalk and you're you're ruining 5 yeah. to 10 people's hunt. Yeah,
1: That's, and if and if you're on a paid hunt or somewhere, right. where you've traveled to go. Yeah. That can make uh some tense moments.
0: It can, for sure. Uh, you know. it is, you know, it's public it is what it is. You
1: got to Cuz I mean, look at me for example. I don't I finally this year I'm going to get to go somewhere out mm-hmm. of state and go do something. You know, hunt another state and if I go with these guys and they're walking around or something, I I'm, I'm probably going to be upset. Yeah. Cuz I don't know these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if if they do some really weird stuff, yeah, I'll probably get upset cuz I don't know when I might get the chance to do this again, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you want to stock stock on stock out in the, the Dakotas somewhere in the wide open
1: stock your own state, Dave. Yeah.
0: Stalk on private land or something public land. You're ruining, you're ruining people's hunt. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just
1: go, go stalking when you're like jumping ducks or something, right? That's just <laughs> Goose or dog. um,
0: crazy story though. I I did meet this this older guy that was in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's mainly a bird hunter, okay. but it kind of relates to this. But um, he was telling me that uh, last year he li- he's a local. He lives close by there and every morning he's retired every morning he comes to the park there and he walks his dogs well you're allowed to do that so but he doesn't walk the trails through the woods when it's deer season he just walks the roads Mm
1: -hmm.
0: well there's this one road it cuts back all about a mile long and you can hunt all back in there too this guy he said it was last november during a rut and he was walking down the road and off to the left on the field edge, you know, you had to go through the field and then you got the woods edge. You're right there. There There's a guy up there bow hunting. Mm -hmm. So this guy just stayed on the trail with his two dogs or stayed on the road on his two dogs. And this, apparently this guy bow hunting was about to draw back on the biggest buck of his life. He said, the guy, the dogs or the person spooked the deer and the guy didn't get to shoot him. He said the bow hunter Got out of the tree. Ran across the field. And lunged at the guy. Lunged yeah. at him. And the old man was like. You lunge at me one more time. We're going to have a, a serious problem here. And he said the guy wouldn't stop. He was so mad. That he, that this guy ruined his deer hunt. And said he was about to shoot the biggest buck of his life. So the old man had to call the uh, ranger. And the, huh. ranger, the ranger came out. And had to explain to this hunter. He's like dude. You're on public land. Like you got to expect things like this. Right. He's like, the guy was on the road from you. He was
1: doing everything. Correct. Yeah.
0: 200 yards away from you. And it's legal. not illegal legal. It's not his fault that, you know, you're the buck spooked. Right. You know, so it's just the way it goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can expect the unexpected when you get into that stuff. Yeah. So, well, I told you guys, uh, well, maybe I didn't say it on the video, but I told Dave that, When I pulled my camera cards last time, um, they were only soaking for about two weeks, and I had four people on my cameras, Mm -hmm. all different days. Yeah, and there was an incident. It was a local break in, Mm. and the guy got ended up getting caught, but I think I actually had the suspect on my camera. Oh
0: boy! Oh boy!
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it was him. So that was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that Definitely. was
1: that was pretty neat. Yeah, the guy broke in somewhere and mm. he was stealing stuff from local camps and things. Yeah,
0: and it's always
1: something. Yeah, he ended up getting caught though. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got like two or three pictures of him. Crazy. Yep.
0: Um. Let's jump in the the second part of this. Yeah. And um, we had a question come in from uh what was, what was his name? Danny. Danny. Yep. So, Danny. Uh, message us you know some on uh instagram and stuff and he's a podcast listener and he wants us to discuss the most overlooked part of uh land management and it was actually his title so he, if he's listening he, he you know that was his idea but
1: yeah um day.
0: our last episode we we briefly discussed we kind of got off topic but we discussed natural browse and mm-hmm. how it's overlooked and stuff so yeah he even said you know, what we said is that he, his mind always goes to food plots. He doesn't think of anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So what he wants to know, how do you get more browse? What are some brows that deer eat? Um, and how, how we can get more of it. Obviously it's gotta be private land where you're able to cut trees and stuff. But, yeah. Um, that's, you know, but you can look for it. You know, you can look for it on public land, certain areas mm-hmm. like, clear cuts or select cut areas or something but if you this is mainly for private land owners how do we get more natural browse
1: yeah yeah um like you said if you own a chunk of land you could find an area that's boogered up with a bunch of non-desirable trees you can you can cut a bunch of them down for firewood or do whatever you'd like with it but Mm -hmm. get that get those down and get the sunlight to the ground and, uh, get some regeneration. Yeah. And that is your quickest, fastest way to get some browse going in your area. You you said the magic word sunlight. You gotta have, yeah, gotta have that for sure. Uh, you could, you could propagate some stuff, you know? Um, I mean, there's some of those celebrity guys out there and they push red osier and, dogwoods and things and mm-hmm. you know you can you can actually propagate some stuff um you could go to your local your local uh lows or whatever at the end of season they sell all these fruit trees and you know all kind of stuff at a discounted price you can go haul in a bunch of bunch, uh, a bunch of woody brows right there you know mm-hmm. so, um i mean there's lots of ways of doing it uh, yeah. some overgrown stuff like you were saying. You know, uh, I mean, if I don't mow, of all things, like over there destination plot. Like if I don't mow that field for a season, when I come back the next year and start to mow, there is uh, uh little little of uh, oh, what's the word? little thorny bushes. Um, I can't remember the name of it, mm. but anyhow, yeah, like briar bushes and stuff already starting to pop up and they're like mm. a foot tall. Cause last year I, I mowed strips over there cause fuel was so expensive and stuff, you know, but yeah, I mowed some strips and I guess that opened up, you know, got some sunlight to the ground and, and then I let it grow all year. And then this, this summer I went back and mowed some strips the other way, you know, and there was already these briar bushes and stuff starting to grow just in one season like that. Yeah. And all the tops were all nipped off. The deer, mm-hmm. the deer were finding that and chewing them right off.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh. so we, in this, we have, we have hard mass, you know, woody, woody, browse right and then we have soft which would be like forbs and you know bushes and, and things like that the leave you know green anything green but um like when i do uh consulting on people's properties what i what i look for is i'll try to find an area that makes sense depending how the property lays but if they have an area where maybe deer are bedding or something we can take an area and have a little select cut You know some cuttings or something to have an area where we can get some regrowth and regeneration Mm -hmm. and the main part of that is like you said getting the sun to the ground so therefore we get the green growth coming up but then in the you know a couple years you know because the woody browse takes a little bit longer than the green growth but the woody browse will start coming up as well and whether it's flush cutting trees, maples, uh, hinge cutting a little bit, you get the stump sprouts and everything. That's all woody browse that deer, you know, consume on a daily basis. They will eat it some in the you know spring and summer, mm-hmm. but they naturally transition to that in the winter time because all your green foliage dies off. So then all they're left with is some, you know, leftover acorns and, and yeah. woody, woody browse, green briar, um, Things like that, but that's kind of how I like to set things up um, in that. And uh, you know, like I said, you'll get the the green first, mm-hmm. but it's all about having sunlight. You got to have the sunlight to hit the floor. Yeah, sure. um, so you'll get the green coming up, and then you'll get the woody brows in the you know the following year or two years or so. Um, but that's what deer transition to, and you know, a lot of people uh, a good evaluation you could do on your property is you know it, it obviously is going to vary because each situation is different but look at just look at for browse in your area is it because you know are you limited because you don't have no sunlight or do you have sunlight and you and everything's you know lip high off the ground well if you have that sunlight and you're getting regeneration but it's just eaten down to the ground you have too many deer You know yeah you have too many deer that that's you know tearing it down to the ground and therefore you have to look at some situations around the around your area you know if there's just too many deer in general are all the deer kind of wintering on your property because there's nothing nowhere else do you need more food plots do you have to kill some deer um so there's a lot of you can do trail camera surveys you know just look how the deer appearance wise you know the ribs showing um they you know they need more food so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it but uh that's some ways that you can you know get it you can get a logging company you know if you have a big enough property where you have to get logging clear cut select cuts they can come in take the logs um you'll really get a lot of regrowth that way uh so there's, there's a lot of different things uh you can do and you know, look at and survey and, and all that stuff.
1: Well, even when people are creating bedding, if they will, or doing TSI work, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're going to do these hinge cuts and things, a lot of times those trees, when they lay over, they will get those sprouts on top of the trunk. Mm that will start reaching for the sun. Mm -hmm. And as long as, as long as you didn't do a waist high or, you know, head high, chest high cut, if you cut it low and hinged it, yeah, and it's, and it's reachable for the deer to get those sprouts mm-hmm. they'll they'll clean them up too but you said something i liked um and it's something i try to do sometimes is the uh like cutting the maples if you if you got some junk maples you want to get rid of and you you cut them around march time when the sap's coming on and boy when that starts to uh those sprouts that come back around a maple stump are just so nutritious because that root system is pumping mm-hmm. all that nutrition up to the stump, and them sprouts come up, and man, will they flock to that?
0: Yeah, the uh, silver maples don't really hinge that well. They uh, they'll snap a lot of times. So I haven't had a re- whole lot of luck hinge cutting yeah, them.
1: Maples is hard to hinge. Well,
0: but you I, have those
1: are flush cuts. I'm talking about. You know, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> um other maples you know they will they hinge a lot uh, better like i did a lot of hinge cutting up on that ridge top um at my farm uh two uh, i guess be almost 2 winters ago now and it really regrew with maples and um all that stuff the deer just hammer all the leaves that mm-hmm. you know that's coming off and and all that and uh but i will say a disclaimer <laughs> anybody that's getting into this um, and say you do like a big TSI cut or you have a timber company come in in three, four five years, you're going to have a jungle. Yeah, you're literally going to have a jungle and it's got to be maintained. So be careful what you wish for, because depending how much sunlight you open up is will determine how much regrowth you get. And if you have a lot of regrowth, it's a, it turns into a jungle.
1: It, it's it's hard to transition to make to hunt that, you know, if you're not used to hunting something that thick.
0: Yeah. Well, to get too thick, a deer just avoid it. They they, can't yeah. Or through. they
1: just don't move. Yeah. You know, they go in and don't come out. And right. You get frustrated and you think that you did something wrong. You know, all you mm-hmm. did is probably created a bedroom.
0: Yeah. I mean, it'll take, yeah. you know, a good four five, six, seven years before it gets to that point. But just people listening, just know that, that you're opening up yeah you know a can of worms when have you start a, have a
1: have a brand new brush hog sitting there
0: right have a it have makes, a five
1: trails or paths
0: yeah have a five six year plan seven eight year plan with it where you can rent a forestry mulcher start over you know do sections of it or whatever but yeah. um control just,
1: burn if you're allowed to do that yeah, in your state yeah you could just, do control burn and burn off all the duffs and everything all the garbage off the top and that alone just creates a lot of, of uh, a release of natural seed bank, you know.
0: Yeah, you'll get a, a huge flush of green and then mm-hmm. the fire, you know, will set back the, the woody browse situation. Um, so that's a good point. If, you know, people can are able to do that, uh, you'll, you'll set back your woody browse a couple years and then you'll get the, the green growth. Um, I guess we could also say, too where if you're living in the northern states where it gets you have hard winters and snow and things you need food above ground and that's where actual woody browse comes into play you need you you need to focus on that so that way you have that woody browse during the deer season the further south you go then yeah you don't need as much woody browse you can focus on you know fires and and green you know forbs and, and things um so there's a big difference between the North and the South.
1: Yeah. These, these, this craze of the food plots in the last 15, 20 years has really come on hard mm-hmm. and people don't know how to hunt unless they are over a food plot, you know, anymore. Mm-hmm. It seems like, and people get hung up on that. You know, they think they got to plant them food. Those deer don't need our food. They've been living for a couple thousand years without our food. mm mm-hmm. It it's, helps yeah definitely i mean it's attractability and supplement. Funnel, funnel them into some place you know mm-hmm. i mean it definitely will help you yeah have a plan to hunt but mm-hmm. you you should expand your horizons too and be able to hunt a wide open chunk of land somewhere and still be able to see some deer yeah you know
0: no yeah. yeah you just you know think of just think of wild wildlife nature you know let it You got it. The food's got to be there. And always remember food plots are supplemental. You know, they're they're something that we add to a habitat management program. It's not something that you should uh, rely on 100% to feed the deer herd because it's just not going to happen.
1: Yep. And I I think Danny hit it on the the nail on the head when he said the most overlooked part of the whitetail management being browse. Yeah. It is. There's consistent. people. How many people have ever that have commented or texted and said, "What is browse? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What is browse? We don't know what you. We don't understand." Right. And then you know when you tell them it's woody vegetation or whatever, it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, okay, now I know what you mean." Yeah. But well, a lot we, of people do overlook it. They just it, that's not something that they manage.
0: Right. Well, I. I touched on it last episode is when i go to clients and stuff it's the first thing is where where do we put a food plot where do we put a food plot yeah right my like, hold on dude we'll, yeah, we'll get I'll, there we'll get there
1: give me a standard location and right
0: a just let me let's let's figure the situation out here let's, let's drive I around still, your property
1: i still refer to that yeah client we had casey and the he said the amish totally came in and cut that hillside out and it all regenerated and green briar. and he was all dejected when we got there he said look at this garbage you, you know they cut down all the trees we got all this green briar. and i was like what the heck? what are you talking about look at you nah. people would kill to have that yeah good stuff. he didn't realize what he had you know mm-hmm. but yeah all, all those thorns and berries and you know all that all that stuff barberry for the turkeys
0: yeah i mean you get ragweed growing deer love ragweed goldenrod oh, Yeah, um yeah, that's all your your broadleaves and and stuff but um it's good to have in the spring and summer so you got to have a bounce, you know but you got to have the woody browse so you got to you know get a company in there to cut um or hire you know hire a land consultant to cut whatever you got to do but it's a very important part of your program on your property
1: yeah because and, and i don't know if there's any newbies listening but they're like well, so why is it so important well let's stress it it is so important because when you get a snowpack or whatever and the deer can't dig down mm-hmm. deer live they transition to woody browse when it gets that cold and nasty out um they're not going to exert a lot of energy digging for some little bulb out there in the middle of a field under a foot of snow. Mm -hmm. They're just going to walk around. They're going to nibble on all the buds and twigs and, you know, green wire and anything they can find above the, above the snowpack.
0: I seen deer eat bark at the old farm. Bark. Bark off a tree, ate it. (laughs) Starving. They They were eating
1: pine needles. I told you, and I have a video to prove it. We always used to say, deer don't eat ferns yeah well i had a video last year when i was down here on my own property and they weren't eating the fern this buck came and he ripped the fern out of the ground and he flipped that around in his lips until he had it upside down and he was eating the white root system off of a fern he needed something. He needed something from that. And I never knew because I always used to say, your deer are starving if they're eating ferns. I used to say it, I'm guilty. And and I still have a you know, if they're eating bark, pine needles, and ferns, there is an issue. Yeah. But this deer, for some reason, he was walking through there and he was munching. You know, he was yanking, he was he was literally like putting his face down to the ground as low as he could get and plucking them things up. And then moving it around in his lips until he had the the green was hanging down and the, he had the roots and he was just munching on them roots and then he would just bite down and the green would fall off hmm.
0: he needed some mineral or something out of there yep. he knew where to find it Yep. whatever whatever they produce or something
1: yeah he he stood there and ate that for a while he was just picking around now it's kind of a wet spot so who knows maybe there was a natural spring there or something with minerals or whatnot Mm -hmm. and uh he found something good he liked it yep awesome it blew my mind
0: yeah danny thanks for your question and uh you know i'm gonna get back to hunting here in the next two days and um
1: you're going on a bear hunt so yep next time they see me i'll yeah. Hopefully I have some bear meat in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Meet some new people. Camp out primitive type. Tents and all. Awesome. And uh, hopefully it doesn't rain a whole lot. Yeah. Because I did look at the weather and it said like 50% chance each day. Yeah.
0: You could be like me where you get caught in a torrential
1: downpour. Oh, that was terrible. That was rough. i seen your videos. That was bad. Yeah. That was rough. Yep, so I'm going to try to prepare for some wet stuff. Yes, definitely. It's a shame. It's unfortunate. All right. Okay. Podcast 38 wrapped up.
0: All hope done, that, folks. Hope that answers Danny's uh, question and anybody else that had that needed more information.
1: Yep. If you need more, uh, more information on anything, get a hold of us, one of us. And uh, we have many different platforms that we operate off of. And uh, ask a question, and maybe we'll answer it just like we did Danny's today. Thanks, Danny. Sounds good. See you folks all later. Later. See (sighs) you. All right, Steve's blowing me up here from work. What's going Mm. on?